Hello, this is Dr. Beverly Wright, and thank you for listening to Tag Data Talk, sponsored by Emory Continuing Education and hosted by Aspirant. Tag Data Talk covers topics on the current state and outlook of analytics and data science. We use an interview format with professionals and academics to discuss use cases, future trends, talent and skills, organizational structures, and tool advancements related to data science and analytics. Thanks for listening. Hello, this is Dr. Beverly Wright, and thanks for joining Tag Data Talk. With us today, we have Rob Milstead, Senior Vice President of Digital at Genuine Parts Company, and we're talking about encouraging analytics adoption in the executive suite. Thanks for joining us, Rob. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, first of all, let's start off with an introduction. Tell us why you're so cool. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. I uh, have an interesting background, though, uh, especially given where I've ended up. Uh, I actually went to school for music. My undergrad degree is in music, uh, and and uh, that has certainly helped with the uh, ideas of exploring and interpreting, uh, which has been really important as I've advanced in my career. Um, I got a master's in communication, so I figured out I couldn't express myself musically as much as I wanted to, so I learned how to express other ideas. Um, I spent a lot of time doing things with computers as well, so whether that was computers and music or computers from a systems design perspective, um, have worked in interesting jobs ranging from traditional IT, more uh, traditional marketing roles, worked at a small agency for a while, and then spent the bulk of my career uh, in the world of consulting. Uh, and that, of course, is talking to a lot of, a lot of executives about uh, complex ideas. Uh, and then for the last four years, I've been the SVP of digital at Genuine Parts Company. Awesome. Sounds like you've been on the dark side a little bit here and there. That's right. <laughs> Very nice. Well, let's start off by talking about analytics adoption. What does that mean? Uh, for me, when I think about analytics, I think about how we are using data to make different decisions. Uh, and what that means in the past may have been a little bit of a reactive view. What happened yesterday? What happened last week, last month? And what I have seen over the last probably 10 years is that executives have really become interested in understanding how to run a business differently in near real time. Uh, and so the, th the reports they may have been looking at for the last 10 years or so in their business of how things have performed, uh, now there's this kind of education element, almost change management required, because they are now looking at information in different ways. Mm -hmm. And so analytics, whether it's digital analytics or even more advanced things like data science, to me, it's a really interesting nod to sort of my musical and creative background. What story are you telling with that data to actually help an executive run a business differently than they had in the past? Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay. And you mentioned reporting. Are we thinking of analytics only in the light of um, business intelligence or would that potentially include like the adoption side? Would it potentially include modeling and more advanced analytics and, and predictive and prescriptive things like that? I think the idea of telling a story r runs Period. the gamut, yes. Right. And and uh, I think some businesses, when I was a consultant, I certainly saw businesses almost uh, now what seems like the dark ages where they were working on basics of things like data hygiene. So yeah. it really was kind of the spectrum of pure reporting. What, Like I said, what happened? Uh, and now I definitely see people starting to use data science modeling, like you said, uh, to start to make really intelligent decisions. Where I think it is the most applicable is where I think about where models are developing prescriptive ideas. Mm -hmm. What is likely to happen based on these criteria? 
And a lot of executives use gut instinct, which is great. Now they're starting to learn how to balance gut instinct with the data that's in front of them to actually make, like I said, real uh, near real-time decisions and how they're operating their business. Okay, yeah, the golden gut is both a blessing and a curse, that's right? right? And you're not saying throw it completely away. You're saying complement it with real empirical results and inform and, and decision-making through data. I think that's exactly right. If you look at uh, some of the folks that I have worked with over the years, you have people that are really good in the soft sciences. So they're experts in sales or marketing, et cetera, operations. You still want them to use those instincts to run the business. You're just now exposing them to new data that hopefully will guide them in a slightly different direction when appropriate. Right. And um, also something else you said made me think about, um, it sounds like you're saying when you move analytics from, say, a research or innovation or analytics for analytics sake, like a research lab kind of environment into a more applied, relevant, useful kind of world, then that's when you're talking about analytics adoption. That's what you really mean by adoption is to um, be able to absorb it in a way that you're creating decisions that are backed by data. Is that right? I think that's exactly right. If And I would apply this also to just the broader world of technology and traditional IT departments. There is always going to be very complicated work that has to happen behind the scenes. And the key is, is how do you invest early enough so that you figure out those complex technology ideas uh, and then determine the applicability to the business. So I think in the world of analytics and data science, there, it's not fair to expect an executive to understand the details. Mm -hmm. uh, what what we need to do as practitioners is learn how to tell great stories, uh, and it's sort of a change management aspect of what we are trying to communicate to the executives. Back in my early school days, we learned the concept of word to world or world to word. I think uh, it was from an old textbook, Gunderson, I believe. I can't believe I remember that. <laughs> Uh, and the basic idea was there are certain ideas that you are trying to change the world. Mm -hmm. And that is world to word or word to world. Uh, and that idea basically says we need to now change the way that people think about things. Those are usually large uphill battles, big change management. When I think about analytics, I think about applying word, the idea of what the data is telling you, mm -hmm. applying it to the world. So a CEO thinks about certain things every day. You can usually pick that up by looking at annual reports or their press releases or listening to their earnings calls, figuring out his or her language, and then determining how you position analytics in that language of what's important. Mm -hmm. You pick those morsels of things you're trying to get them to understand, but you're communicating in their language. I think that's really powerful for analytics. Very cool. Well, you're talking about CEOs and executives and things like that. And uh, let's move to that topic just a tad because we mentioned that we're trying to get executive buy-in for analytics adoption, but we didn't really talk about why. Aside from funding, what would be the reasons for doing that? Because most of the time, from my experience of you know, literally the hundreds of projects that I've worked on or overseen, the results don't really apply to the top, top, top level as much as they do the more director or even lower than that level. So what would be the purpose, aside from funding, of getting that, that sort of buy-in? I think that's a great question. If I think back to my consulting days, I was usually brought in under one of two circumstances. One is, we think we have a problem. Can you come help us diagnose whether or not we have a problem? Mm -hmm. The other is, we are ready to go through a transformation. We've identified what our problems are. We've identified where the areas of improvement are. 
And both of those require really strong executive support. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that the hard way over uh, 20 plus years in consulting, et cetera. And so I think either are really important, whether or not you're doing a diagnosis. And so that data might help you understand what the problems are or where the areas of opportunity are. That could be either on things like the revenue side or the profit side. That, that director that may be your primary stakeholder, for example, they need to be able to tell a great story to their boss or their boss's boss. And if you put it in the language of the business, what are the value drivers of the business, that's really helpful. The other is when you're approaching you know, either a critical issue or a transformation in the business, that is absolutely going to be led by the top, top. Mm -hmm. And again, they don't need to understand the nuances of the algorithm uh, right, or the sure, data model. Sure. They need to understand what are the general trends of how we're going to be using data to drive different behaviors. And again, I just think that's really important. I have enjoyed and I guess also been a victim of executive support. Sometimes it's been there from the beginning and it's been fantastic. And other projects back in the old days of my – it was obvious there was a need for the work. But for whatever reason, we had an executive stakeholder that was not convinced. Uh, and it was always an uphill battle when that was the case. So mm -hmm. I think about sort of the role of influencer when I think about analytics teams and data science teams – yeah, you have a lot of amazing data at your fingertips, but ultimately you're, you are storytellers mm -hmm. and you have to figure out how to tell the absolute best story and language that that executive will understand and appreciate. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we mentioned implementation or doing something with the data at some point, and that's where the executive can potentially help push those kind of initiatives. I think it's interesting, and um, I'd love to get your take on some of the things that I've seen as an example where... We start on a project, we're trying to get some insights out of something, answer a specific business question, and I'm not sure how much thought goes into, well, what are you going to do with it after? And so maybe that's one of the ways that executive buy-in helps. Is that what you're suggesting? Most certainly. Uh, I think uh, some of the work that I've been a part of over the years, uh, Salesforce transformations, for example. Mm -hmm. what, what's the day in the life look like of a salesperson today? And then how is this information going to be used to drive different behavior out of salespeople? And there's lots of examples of how that might be the case. That could be these are better targets. This is an opportunity to increase share of wallet with a customer, et cetera. All of that is changing behavior. Mm -hmm. And of course, the, the details are important. But what's more important is that you have that executive convinced that there is value in paying attention to the data maybe in a new way that they hadn't thought of previously. Yep, got it. Okay. Well, and that brings us to the next topic, which is around the barriers. So, I mean, this sounds like a great idea, right? You know, you want to get executive buy-in. It's going to help you with pushing a project forward, implementing the results, making more empirically-based decisions. I mean, this is all great, but why is it difficult? What's the challenge? What are the barriers? The thing that I have seen teams struggle with the most are those infamous executive checkpoints. Mm -hmm. And in cases uh, that I've been a part of, you have been preparing for a key meeting, typically a 30-minute update type meeting, and you may have been prepping for the last two weeks for that meeting. Mm -hmm. And so your mind and the focus of your presentation is all about this amazing content or this amazing data or insight that you've developed. If you put yourself in the shoes of that executive, the context switching required to be an executive is really challenging. They likely have been through multiple 30-minute meetings. And so I, I sort of work backwards with how few slides would be appropriate to tell the story that I'm trying to tell 
rather than a mountain of information because it's really hard for an executive to process that. Mm -hmm. How simple can I make it for the executive to understand the observation or the insight and then the action that we're asking that executive to take from it? So I think the pitfalls I've seen are just sort of almost that fire hose approach of an executive. Mm. I have found that spending time to develop a personal relationship with an executive in whatever form they will allow you, even if it's literally reading their press releases or, like I said, listening to earnings, you can at least understand a little bit about what type of a person they are. And some executives really do enjoy rolling their sleeves up and learning everything about the data and the model and the technology behind it. But by and large, I have seen most executives have so many responsibilities, they just don't have the mental processing capacity. They might be interested, they just are running from one 30-minute meeting to another. And so really crisp, concise points to get your ideas across have been really important where I've seen it be successful. Gotcha. Okay. You kind of answered the next part, which was strategies to overcome, and it kind of implies what the barriers are. So for example, I I sort of tried to boil down uh, what you just said and came up with a list of five things. So let's talk through those. Um, One was you need to make sure you keep things as simple as possible to drive adoption. Second is don't Don't go for the fire hose. Don't try to boil the ocean and provide too much at one time. Third, you talked about the personal relationship, and I think that ties into trust. And we can go back to that in just a hot second. But um, I believe you were were talking about like trust in the insights and um, and in the process. Fourth, kind of get to know their world. It sounds like you're saying like understand the kind of pressures that they're dealing with and the and the types of decisions that they're trying to make and what's going on in, um, like in their, if they're in digital, there's tons of changes going on in digital right That's now. That's right. And then uh, the fifth item that I got from, uh, from what you just mentioned is you want to sort of focus, create like a narrow sort of solid story that's really crisp. Does that sound like the right set of solutions? Did I misstate anything? I think you summarized fantastically. Now it sounds like I'm more intelligent than I am, so that's great. (laughs) Uh, I I think the way I would maybe put a a blanket across those ideas is you always want an executive to want to spend more time with you. So it's okay that you may not convey every single idea that you have. And so maybe all of those together in terms of how you plan and execute a meeting or a checkpoint to convey these ideas is – my desired next step is for them to ask for another meeting with me mm. or or the team, right? And and those have been really successful in the past for me. Uh, a, a mentor of mine from 15 years ago really expressed the idea to me that, you know, you're, you're looking for that executive to see value in their interaction with you and look for a chance to spend more time with you. So it's okay if your deck is 20 slides, for example, and you decide that it's the most important to have, you know, three slides uh, those are the most important ideas. You might put the rest of that material in an appendix and then offer, I would like to spend more time to walk you through these ideas. And then hopefully you've done a great job with those three slides and they want you to come back. So if you're always looking for, you know, just that next step, it gives maybe a different perspective on how much information you're trying to get someone that doesn't think about the world the same way a data scientist might. Right. Get, get them to think about how to use data in, the, in their daily decision-making a different way. Right. So if they're, if they're asking for more, if they're sort of trying to expand what you've built upon and you've piqued their interest, you know that that's a good thing. That's right. Are there, are there certain types of executives that you think or certain attributes about executives that you think make them a little bit more malleable for adopting analytics compared to, say, some others? I have always found it's really effective. If you can 
take the morsel of an idea and lots of people call it, you know, the low hanging fruit or a quick win or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's really tough to get an executive, in my opinion, to buy into the whole boil the ocean idea. Right. And so my strategy through my career has been, what can I demonstrate value with in as short a time frame as possible? And if that's enough to get you interested, that morsel means I either get another meeting or another project uh, or uh, permission to expand the, the the work that I've been doing. And so it's okay to have a vision. Uh, I think it's actually really important to have a vision, but mm -hmm. the way that you might execute that vision Think about, you know, agile development today in the world of software. What is the smallest iteration that you can use to demonstrate value? And those insights are really, really important. Um, I've found some situations where there may be an insight that is a new revenue opportunity or a margin improvement opportunity. Those little tidbits are of very much interest to an executive typically. And so they're going to want more and, and you might get a chance to actually go and, and improve those ideas. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. How do you how do you know when you've when you've won? How do you know when you're there? Like if you were to look in a company, say company A, and you look at it and you say like, okay, clearly analytics adoption is happening in the executive suite compared to another company, company B, where you look inside and you say like, well, that's obviously they're not adopting analytics. How do you know the difference? What does it look like? That's an excellent question. I think the number one factor for me is listening to their language. Mm. Uh, and so it, behavior change may come later, but if they're starting to talk about the ideas that analytics or data science is introducing, mm -hmm. they're starting to think about how to change. And so again, just like you would demonstrate value with those tidbits, like I mentioned, look for those indicators that they're starting to think about the world differently. So how they communicate with each other, how they communicate with uh, investors or Wall Street analysts, uh, those types of things are usually a good sign that you're starting to move the needle. I think the next level beyond that is how are they holding each other accountable? Mm -hmm. So if analytics has introduced a new idea, all of a sudden you may see in next year's bonus plan, there's a new idea that's been introduced. Uh, and that could be specific to an insight or the fact that we're trying to collaborate more across businesses. Um, I, I used to work, uh, do some consulting work for a CFO uh, probably 10 years ago. Uh, and he was always very sort of measurement oriented. Right. I, I know I'm making progress. If I can look at the numbers, I'm going to hold my people accountable to those numbers. And so he was he was an example of somebody that would want that fire hose. Um, but he looked at it as a way to sort of what can I do to move the needle with how I'm measuring employees? And hopefully that drives behavior change. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. It sounds like a train of activities. So maybe the data science and analytics group is the seed that's planted that creates the thoughts and the thoughts are shown by the language and the language moves to things like behavior, keeping people accountable, which hopefully ultimately leads to changes in KPIs. I mean, there's lots of studies that are done that show companies that embrace more advanced analytics have higher, you know, fill in the blank growth, right. profit margin, all that kind of stuff. So uh, sounds like you're right in alignment with um, with that as well. I like the way you characterize that. I use the phrase tip of the spear a lot. Mm -hmm. It's unfair to expect a data science team to actually be the driver of all the change. Right. Um, that's really important for that partnership with the executive suite. But if they view themselves as catalysts or tips of the spear, it, it's kind of an exciting way to say, hey, we're going to push behavior change or push new thinking in a different direction. Uh, and that's been powerful when I've used that phrase. Awesome. Great, great, great. And uh, lastly, what final piece of advice would you give to our audience of analytics professionals to help them really encourage analytics adoption in the executive suite? I think about the customer a lot. And maybe that's some of my 
creative background or marketing background. And so you have to understand your audience. You have to understand the consumer of your ideas. Uh, and if you work kind of from the outside in, you're usually going to get new insights about how you best position the ideas you have. So I think, you know, I've seen analytics teams and data science teams gets very excited about their work they've been doing. It is game-changing work. Mm -hmm. You have to put yourself in the shoes of the person that you're trying to communicate those ideas to, to learn or at least brainstorm how to position it more effectively. Typically, that means fewer ideas. So really work on the simplicity of those ideas, not because it's simple work, but to actually drive the change that you're looking to drive as simple as possible usually has been the most effective in my, my experience. Fantastic. Yeah, sometimes, um, I, I mean, I admit I used to do it as well, but we get caught up a little bit in building the best model or something that's really cool and innovative or we've done something neat with data as opposed to really keeping it simple and actually answering the business question. That's right. So that's what you're saying is, uh, is try to keep it simple and actually answer the business question. Very good advice. Thanks again to Rob Milstead from Genuine Parts Company for talking to us about encouraging analytics adoption at the executive suite. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Tag Data Talk, sponsored by Emory Continuing Education, hosted by Aspirant. Have a great data set.